All right. Well, you can all stand with me if you would. I want to, of course, say Happy Mother's Day to all of the moms that are here and uh, and stepmoms. You know what I'm saying? And is it? It's not Grandmother's Day, is it? Do they have a grandmother? I guess grandmother, grandparents' day, but. They get in, the grandparents get honored in, in with Mother's Day. So anyway, we say Happy Mother's Day. And we are so, uh, want all the moms to know how much that we honor you and, and you should be honored. So from the bottom of my heart, I say Happy, Happy, Happy Mother's Day. God bless you all. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your mercy and we trust that as we share this today that that the people will be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Um, I'm gonna share something, uh, actually a Mother's Day message uh, and uh, be a little different than I normally do, uh, but it's all right to be different every once in a while. And uh, I'm going to share some things about moms that will be humorous, or we hope that you'll find them humorous, Uh, some reflective things, and some scriptural, the most important scriptural things. So normally I have you turning in the Bible, and we'll turn in the Bible perhaps at the end of the message, but you know we need to stay in the Bible, but we can also look at a few other things once in a while that... We don't always have to be turning in the Bible, not all the time, but but 99% of the time we should be. Is that right? So this is going to be maybe 1% here where we're not always turning, but but we'll get to the scripture, the most important, at the end. So I just want to be clear that you understand that. So first of all, some humorous things about mothers. Uh, Motherhood is full of frustrations and challenges, but eventually they move out. The mother of three notoriously unruly youngsters was asked whether or not she'd have children if she had to do it over again. She said yes, but not the same ones. (laughs) A little boy forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation. His mother was in in the front row to prompt him. She gestured and formed the word silently with her lips. But it did not help. Her son's memory was blank. Finally, she leaned forward and whispered the cue. I am the light of the world. The child beamed and with great feeling and emotion and a loud, clear voice said, My mother is the light of the world. <laughs> a teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet and what it does. The next day, in a written test, she included this question. My full name has six letters. The first one is M. I pick up things. What am I? When when the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astounded to find that almost 90% of the students answered the question with the word mother. 
Being a parent changes everything, but being a parent also changes with each baby. There are some, here are some of the ways having a second and third child is different from having the first. Maternity clothes. The first baby you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as your doctor confirms your pregnancy. The second baby you wear your regular clothes for as long as possible. The third baby your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. (laughs) Preparing for the birth, the first baby You practice your breathing religiously. The second baby, you don't bother practicing because you remember that last time breathing didn't do a thing. And the third baby, you ask for an epidural in your eighth month. (laughs) The baby's clothes. First baby, you pre-wash your newborn's clothes, color coordinate them, fold them nearly, neatly in the baby's little bureau. Second baby, you check to make sure that the clothes are clean and discard only the ones with the darkest stains. The third baby, boys can wear pink, can't they? First baby, at the first sign of distress, a whimper, a frown, you pick up the baby. Second baby, you pick up the baby when her wails threaten to awake the firstborn. The third baby, you teach your three-year-old how to rewind the mechanical swing. (laughs) Pacifier. First baby, if the pacifier falls on the floor, you put it away until you can get home and wash it off and boil it in water. Second baby, when the pacifier falls on the floor, you squirt it off with some juice from the baby's bottle. (laughs) The third baby, you wipe it off on your shirt and pop it back in. (laughs) They're just going to keep right on coming. (laughs) Diapering. First baby, you change your baby's diapers every hour, whether they need it or not. Second baby... You change their diaper every two to three hours if needed. Third baby, you try to change their diaper before others start to complain about the smell (laughs) or you see the diaper sagging to their knees. (laughs) Going out, first baby, the first time you leave your baby with a sitter, you call home five times. Second baby, just before you walk out the door, you remember to leave a number where you can be reached. The third baby, you leave instructions for the sitter to call only if blood is drawn. (laughs) Or if you see blood. At home, first baby, you spend a good bit of every day just gazing at the baby. Second baby, you spend a bit of every day watching to be sure your older child isn't squeezing, poking, or hitting the baby. (laughs) The third baby, you spend a little bit of every day hiding from the children. (laughs) (laughs) okay how am I doing so far doing all right okay here's some more Uh, let's see my mother taught me my mother taught me 
and my brother to appreciate a job well done. Here's what she said. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. My mother taught me religion. You'd better pray. You'd better pray that stain will come out of the carpet. My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me logic because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me stamina. You'll sit there until all the spinach is gone. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into the world. I can take you out. Uh, My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. Here's another one along those lines. My mother taught me genetics. You act just like your father. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. Here's another one along those lines. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. My mother taught me about justice. One day you'll have kids. And I hope they turn out just like you. Why did God make mothers? The following are different answers given by school-age children to the given question. Why did God make mothers? One, she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. Two, think about it. It was the best way to get more people. And three, mostly to clean the house. I didn't write them, I'm just delivering them. How did God make mothers? He used dirt just like for the rest of us. Magic plus superpowers and a lot of stirring. These are little kids answering it. He made my mom just the same like he made me. He just used bigger parts. The influence of a mother. Now we're going to stop with the humor. You've had enough. Was that okay? Okay. So now we're going to go into reflections. You ready to reflect? So a little more serious now. And really, these are good. Abraham Lincoln. Reflections of a mother. He said, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. And then he said, also, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. He also said, no man is poor who has had a godly mother. George Washington said, my mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. John Abbott said this, mothers have as powerful an influence over the welfare of future generations as all other earthly causes combined. Andrew Jackson said this, there never was a woman like her. She was gentle as a dove and brave as a lioness. The memory of my mother and her teachings were, after all, the only capital I had to start life with and on that capital I have made my way. 
W.R. Wallace said, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis said this, if you bungle raising your children, I don't think whatever else you do matters very much. Denzel Washington said, my mother never gave up on me. I messed up in school so much, they were always sending me home and my mother was always sending me right back. <laughs> I, re- I remember when I went in the first grade, I, uh, I did not want to be there. And, uh, you know, I gave all the excuses. You know, a couple of days I was sick and this and that. And after I think it was the third day, I'll, I'll never forget, my mother brought me home and she sat me in my room and she made me sit in the chair and stare out the window. And I wanted to play and she made me sit there and stare out the window. And so I sat there for six hours and stared out the window. And the next day I had another excuse. So we came home and sat there and stared out the window. And I finally decided it'd be better to be in school, you know. And I remember when uh, I went to sign up for uh, college and we were sitting over at Umsel in the long line and I said, Mother, I can't do this. I, I just, I don't want to go to college, don't want to go to college, don't want to go to college. And so I remember uh, we uh, got in the car and we're driving back home from Umsel and, and we got about uh, however far we got. I don't think we even, I don't know, we didn't even get out of the parking lot. And she said, we're going to stop by McDonald's. And I thought, well, that's great. We're going to have hamburger. And she said, no, you're going to pick up an application. So I said, let's go back and stand in line to, to go to school. I was glad she made me go to school because I remember when we went to Oklahoma to go to Bible school the first day. Now, thank God I got a job teaching junior college down there. But the first couple of weeks before school started, there were some friends of ours that went down there and, and, and they had a job where I had to strip shingles off uh, the roof of a house. And it was like 100 degrees outside and I was up there stripping those shingles just thanking my mama that she made me go to school that, have you ever stripped shingles in 100 degrees? So I was thankful she made me go to school. Anyway, here's some other reflections. Let me tell you about the meanest mom in the world. This is Steve Hesse. Here's what he said about him and his siblings. We had the meanest mother in the whole world. While other kids ate candy for breakfast, we had to have cereal, eggs, and toast. When others had a Pepsi and a Twinkie for lunch, we had to eat sandwiches. And you can guess our mother fixed us a dinner that was different than the other kids had too. Mother insisted on knowing where we were at all times. You would think... We were convicts in a prison. She had to know who our friends were and what we were going to do with them. She insisted that if we said we would be gone for an hour, we would be gone for an hour or less. We were, we were ashamed to admit it, but she had the nerve to break up, I'm sorry, to break the child labor laws by making us work. We had to wash the dishes, make the beds, learn to cook, vacuum the floor, do laundry, and all sorts of cruel jobs. I think she would lay awake at night thinking of more things for us to do. She always insisted on telling the 
on us telling the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, she, uh, she could read our minds, and life was really tough. She wouldn't let our friends just honk the horn when they drove up. They had to come up to the door so she could meet them. While everyone else could date when they were 12 or 13, we had to wait until we were 16. Because of our mother, we missed out on lots of things other kids experienced. None of us, none of us have ever been caught shoplifting, vandalizing others' property, or ever arrested for any crime. It was all her fault. We never got drunk, took up smoking, stayed out all night, or a million other things other kids did. Sundays were reserved for church, and we never missed once. We knew better than to ask to spend the night with a friend on Saturdays. Now that we have left home, we are all God-fearing, educated, honest adults. We were doing our best. We are doing our best to be mean parents just like our mom was. The world just doesn't have enough mean moms anymore. And that's the God's honest truth. These aren't mean moms. These are good moms. But I hope you got his humor that he was at there. You know, kids ought to be glad if their parents want to know who their friends are. Kids ought to be glad when their parents, you know, insist that they do chores around the house. And, you know, things like that because it's, you're learning about life. And, and uh, you know, kids ought to be glad that the parents want to know where you're at. My mom always wanted to know where I was and what I was doing. And at the time, I didn't like it. Well, we didn't have cell phones back in my day. So we had to use the pay phones. But I always called and let her know where I was. And, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. But that's what she wanted. And uh, the other friends of mine, they could just kind of run and go do whatever they wanted. But my mother really loved me. And and she made me be accountable to her. And and I turned out, I guess, halfway decent. So I'm grateful for my mom. Uh, here's some reflections on a mother's love. Years ago, this is from uh, James uh, S. Hewitt. He said this on a mother's love. Years ago, a young mother was, well, actually, I think he's reporting a story here. This is the story here. This is a true story. Listen to this. Years ago, a young mother was making her way across the hills of South Wales, carrying her tiny baby in her arms. When she was overtaken by a blinding blizzard, she never reached her destination, and when the blizzard had subsided, her body was found by the searchers beneath a mound of snow. But they discovered that before her death, she had taken off all of her outer clothing and wrapped it about uh, her, her baby. When they unwrapped the child, to their great surprise and joy, they found he was alive and well. She had mounted her body over his and given her life for her child, proving the depths of her mother's love, of a mother's love. Years later, that child, David Lloyd George, grown to manhood, became prime minister of Great Britain and without a doubt, one of England's greatest statesmen. But he wouldn't have lived past infancy if it wasn't for his mother. Let's see, a couple more of these. You finding this interesting? Stages of motherhood. When you're four years of age, you'll say, my mommy can do anything. At eight years of age, my mom knows a lot, a whole lot. 
12 years old, you'll say my mother doesn't really know quite everything. 14 years old, naturally, mother doesn't know about that either. 16, mother, she's hopelessly old-fashioned. 18, you'll say, you might say, that old woman, uh, she's way out of date. 25, you'll say, well, she might know a little bit about things. 35, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. 45 years old, wonder what mom would have thought about that. And at 65, you'll say, I wish I could talk to her just one more time. Is that true? Yep. For most people it is. And so on and so forth. Now I'm going to share some scriptures, but before I do, I, I did want to tell you that when I was on the humor part, funniest thing I guess that ever happened with me and my mom was uh, I was in uh, the fifth grade and lived back here right behind the subdivision and I went to Kellison School right up the street. And I remember uh, got up that morning and my mother would always, there used to be a gravel road out here and she would take me in her car out to the end of the road up here to Hawkins and I'd get, get on the bus and the bus would take me up to Kellison School which is just, you know, what, about half a mile up the road. But that day when we went out, she started her car, it went, rawr, 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 wouldn't start. And so I'm thinking, this is great. And, and so <laughs> it won't start. So, and then, you know, you, it's too late to catch the bus. You know, I'm going to walk out the road. No, it's too late for that. So I'm thinking, this is really fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to get off school today. And, uh, and, 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 and when she's standing there and she's looking at the tractor, and it wasn't just a little riding lawnmower. It was a big tractor like farmers would use, you know, that you plow the fields with. It was a big old tractor. And she's looking at it. She says, get on. And I said, Mom, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. We can't, we can't do that. Because all the buses would come in, you know, and they'd line up and they'd let the kids off as they'd come in. And, and she says, get on. So she gets on the tractor and she turns. You know, I'm, I'm talking a big tractor, you know, like you'd plow the fields with, you know. So, so she, I'm going to be the laughing stock of Kellison School, fifth grade, coming in there and driving up on the tractor and I'm going to be the laughing stock. So anyway, so she gets on and I'm sitting between her legs, you know. You know, mama's there driving the tractor. So we drove out to Gravel Road, made a left on Hawkins, drove up to Kellison School, came in. All the buses are coming in. All the kids, I'm thinking, please let, you know, no other buses be there. Buses are coming in, you know, and whatnot. And here my mother, you know, looks, look like Eddie Albert on Green Acres, you know, dri- <laughs> driving in there. And I'm just, oh my gosh, this is just, it, my life is over. My life as I know it is over. And we drive up there. And something strange happened. A crowd gathered of kids. Wow, that is really cool. You got to come to school on the tractor. Hey, will your mom give us a ride on the tractor? (laughs) So I thought it was going to be horrible and it turned out to be something really good. So how many of you kids would like to be taken to school on the tractor? (laughs) Okay, you would. That was cool. Looking back at it, it wasn't cool at the time. Okay, let's close with some scriptures about motherhood. Let me just, Proverbs, uh, we can turn there. Proverbs 15 and 20. Let me just turn to a few of these. It says, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. 
That's true, isn't it? And then in Proverbs 20, verse 20, talks about if you curse your mother, your lamp will go out. And here's another one, Proverbs 23, 22, says in, in the midst of that verse, don't despise your mother when she is old. Don't despise her when she's old. So I've tried my best to honor that. My mom's in a nursing home and, and uh, didn't want to have to put her in there, but it just got to the point with she just, you know, couldn't slip and fall in and all that. It's so, so it was a, a love thing that, that I did by putting her in there. And she's having a time of her life there and properly cared for. I go see her every day. And so uh, I know this, my lamp won't go out. Amen. Now then, let's turn Ephesians 6, verse 1. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Well, that, that, that's a good thing for people to know and do. Honor your father and mother, both of them. Today's Mother's Day, so honor your mother. Why? It may be well with... Well, first of all, it's the right thing to do, but then there's a promise attached to it that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And we could go on and on. You know, I think about Jesus and his mother, you know, uh, Mary. She, along with Joseph took him to the temple when he was very young. Remember, that was their custom. And uh, they'd go to Jerusalem yearly for the feasts, you know, to, to worship the Heavenly Father. And did you know at one point, Mary thought Jesus was out of his mind? Remember that? That's what the Bible says. And... Uh, you know, at one point when Jesus was doing the father's business, he put his mother on hold, but only to do the father's business. But he was always honorable to his mother. Uh, you know, as time went on, we see that she really respected Jesus because he, she said, remember at that wedding feast in Cana, whatever he tells you to do, do it. But of all the things we could say about about Jesus and his mother, I think the most profound thing to me is observed at the cross. When he's hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of the world, you notice there's people nearby, but one of them that's nearby is Mary, Jesus' mother. She's right there with him. But then there's something else that, that... that I, that I want to point out to you, if you'll remember, as he's hanging there on the cross, bearing the sins of the world and the sickness and disease of the world, it's interesting that his mother is there, Jesus is, is hanging on the cross, and he made provision for his mother even at a time like that, didn't he? Remember, because she was standing, who was, which disciple was she standing by? John. And remember what Jesus said? He said, Mother, Woman, mom, behold your son. And 
Then he said to him, to John, behold your mother. And the Bible says from that hour, from that time on, John took her into his house. So Jesus made provision for his mother when he was on the cross, thinking about his mom, and his mom was right there. That, that, I mean, how much better does it get than that, you know? Uh, let me just uh, say a few more things here, and then we'll close. Uh, there were four clergymen, ministers, you know, who were discussing the merits of the various translations of the Bible, One liked the King James Version best because of its simple, beautiful English. Another liked the American Revised Version because it's more literal and comes nearer the original Hebrew and Greek. Still another liked Moffat's translation best because of its up-to-date vocabulary. The fourth minister was silent. When asked to express his opinion, he replied, I like my mother's translation best. The other three expressed surprise. They did not know that his mother had translated the Bible. Yes, she did, he replied. She translated it into life. And it was the most convincing translation I ever saw. On Mother's Day, one minister gave the perfect tribute to a mom. He said, my mother practices what I preach. And then finally, when Robert Ingersoll, the notorious skeptic, was in his heyday, two college students went to hear him lecture. As they walked down the street after the lecture, one said to the other, well... I guess he knocked the props out from under Christianity today, didn't he? The other said, no, I don't think he did. Ingersoll did not explain my mother's life. And until he can explain my mother's life, I will stand by my mother's God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me if you would, praise God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father God, today as we've just shared a very simple message, some humorous things, some reflective things, and most importantly, some scriptural things. We just trust that we've been an honor to you and that we've been an honor to some of the most important people in the world, the moms. We trust that the moms will leave here today having been honored and blessed. And as the people go their way from this service, that, uh, that they'll just contact their moms, love on their moms. If their moms have already gone to heaven, well, that they'll just certainly think upon them and, and reflect on the good memories. I want to encourage anybody here today that maybe you're at odds with your mom for whatever the reason. Maybe she did do some things that she shouldn't have done or said some things she shouldn't have said. And maybe there's been a, a, a lack of communication there. Maybe, maybe that is the case. Maybe y'all haven't been speaking. I want to encourage you, take the opportunity while you still have it. Contact her today. And what, let bygones be bygones. Just love on her. Tell her you love her. 
might be the last opportunity you have. You just don't know. So just want to encourage you in that today and just, just want moms to be honored. Now with your head still bowed and eyes closed, I want to make an invitation. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never repented of your sins. And what does that mean? It means this. You know, I'm tired of living this life the way I've been living. I, I, want, something, I want something new. I'm tired of this sinful life. I want to, I want to live for God. If that's you today and, and, and you've, never, you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want you to do that before you leave here today. You, you really need to do that. You say, why do I need to do that? Well, because there's a heaven above and there is a hell beneath. And we wouldn't want anyone to die and go to hell. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He went to Calvary and died on the cross and was raised from the dead so that nobody has, ever has to go to hell. But you miss hell and make heaven when you repent of your sins and you ask Jesus into your heart. So if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or maybe you did it one time, but you know you're not living for the Lord. You know, you know you're not living for him, but you want to get that all squared up here today. Well, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Perhaps you're here today and your mom has been praying for you for years and years and you've been fighting coming to the Lord. Well, today's your day to come to him. So when we dismiss the service in just minutes from now, seconds from now, if, if you need to accept Jesus into your heart, what I want you to do is while the people are milling around, talking or leaving the building, you just walk up to the front here. There'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. Just come to the front and say, hey, I want to know Jesus. And I tell you what, he'll come into your heart. He won't condemn you. He won't put you down. But he'll come into your heart in a moment of time. And not only will you miss hell and make heaven, but he'll, he'll make life worth living. And only he can ultimately do that. So I want to invite you to do that when we dismiss if you need to today. Well, thanks for coming. I love you all. Love on one another just a few moments. Find somebody that's a mama and wish them happy Mother's Day and have a great day. We'll see you next week. God bless you. You're dismissed.